Thank you very much, Karen. Yesterday, a week ago, we had a wedding here at the church, and we're glad to have that couple with us, Mr. and Mrs. Adam Beerley. Been a joy to work with them and perform their ceremony and so on. Gonna take a moment in silence, and you can share with the Lord your willingness and your desire to be responsive to his word this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. We want to be those who hear, those who practice, those who live your word in our daily lives. For it's in Christ's name I pray, amen. A couple of questions. These are thought questions. I'm not looking for a response. The first one, what is wrong with our valley? What is wrong with our valley? And in asking that question, I'm making the assumption that something is wrong. Second question, can our country be divided into two groups? Good people and evil people. Can our country be divided into two groups? Good people and evil people. A third question, what is sin? What is sin? And a fourth one, does goodness pay off? Let's take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 15. We looked at the parable of the two prodigal sons last week. I want to share a few thoughts on it again this morning. And then go to Mark next week. But Luke chapter 15, and keep in mind that the purpose of this parable is found in verses 1 and 2. Where Luke says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him. The tax collector sinners responsive to Jesus, wanting to hear him, wanting to be responsive to him. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, this man come, or this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And then three parables follow. And all three parables are communicating the same thing, is to reveal the heart of God, that the heart of God is to pursue tax collectors, sinners, younger brothers, and to confront Pharisees and teachers, the older brother, but at the same time, Christ pursued the older brother. The father pursued the older brother. But it's to point out the heart of God, the heart of Christ, to pursue both tax collectors and sinners, Pharisees and teachers of the law, to pursue the younger brother and the older brother, even though they responded in different ways. Let's read, begin reading with verse 11. Jesus continued, he had just told the parable, of the lost sheep and the lost coin. Verse 11, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger, brother, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country 
who sent him to feed his pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is, and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. My son, the father said, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because... This brother of yours was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Again, God is revealing his own heart as Christ shares these parables that he pursues younger brothers, but he also pursues older brothers. And we found last week as we discussed the parable, that it was costly to the father. He basically had to sell one-third of his land to give one-third of the wealth to his younger son. Remember, the older son got two-thirds of the inheritance. The younger son got one-third. One-third of the wealth gone. The older son somewhat rebellious you know, as he comes back. But we want to look at both the elder son and the older son. And we want to see characteristics of both sons that are present. No. We want to look at both sons and what is taking place. We find that both sons had some characteristics. And one of them was both wanted dad's property. But not dad. Both wanted dad's property. But not dad. 
The younger son came to dad and says, give me my inheritance, a portion that falls to me. And that was one-third. We find that the older son, in verse 28, the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he responded in anger. Both wanted what dad had, but not dad. Both wanted the goods, not dad. Do we want what God gives or do we want God? Is God enough when things don't go our way? When God does not give us what we ask? When we're not fixed physically or a relational situation is not fixed? Is God still enough? Just God. See, the younger son wanted what he wanted. He got it and he went off and squandered it. The older son didn't want dad. He wanted what dad had to give. They were both alike in that way. Both resented dad's authority. What did the younger son, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth and wild living. Don't like it at home? I want some liberty. I want some freedom. I'm going to go. And he squandered his wealth. What does the older son do? Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. He resented his dad's authority that his dad gave away to the younger son his inheritance. That dad never gave him even a goat to celebrate with his friends. Both resented dad's authority. Do you resent God when someone blesses you or blesses someone else more than you? Both rebelled, one by being good, the other by being bad. Both rebelled. The younger son goes off and squanders his inheritance. The older son stays home and works for his dad and doesn't disobey, but yet rebellious. My son, in verse 31, the father said, You're always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this younger brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And that ends the parable. The older son still being alienated from his father. Both were alienated from the father's heart. Neither one understood the father. See, the younger son, he came to his senses after he squandered his inheritance. As he came to his senses, he said, I will go back to my father and I will ask to be a hired man. He didn't recognize that his father would welcome him back as a son and reinstate him. He didn't see his father's heart. The older son didn't see his father's heart. The older son didn't recognize that he would welcome the younger brother, nor did he recognize that the father would invite him into the feast. Both were alienated from the father's heart. Both 
at one point in time were lost. The younger son repented. We have no record that the older son ever did. Both were wrong about the father's love. Jesus does not divide the world into moral good guys and immoral bad guys. He shows us in this parable that everyone is dedicated to a project of self-salvation, to using God and others in order to get power and control for themselves. We're just going about it in different ways. Even though both sons are wrong, however, the father cares for them and invites them into his love and into his feast. This means that Jesus' message, which is the gospel, is completely a completely different spirituality. The gospel is not a religion or a non-religion, morality or immorality, moralism or relativism, conservatism or liberalism, nor is it something halfway along a spectrum between two poles. It is something totally different. The gospel is distinct from the other two approaches. In its view, everyone is wrong. Everyone is loved. And everyone is called to recognize this and change. By contrast, the elder brothers divided in the world into two. The good people like us are in. And the bad people like the younger brother are out. Younger brothers, even if they don't believe in God, tend to say the same thing in an open way. They tend to be calling older brothers narrow-minded, bigoted, who are the real problem. But Jesus says, the humble are in. The proud are out. The people who confess they aren't particularly good or open-minded are moving toward God because the requirement for receiving the grace of God is to know you need it. The Lord cares for the humble, but keeps distant from the proud. Years ago, a newspaper posed a question, what's wrong with the world? G.K. Chesterton responded and wrote a letter to the editor, Dear Sirs, I am sincerely yours, G.K. Chesterton. That's the attitude of someone who has grasped the message of Christ. What's wrong with the world? I am. The younger brother finally recognized that the older brother, according to the parable, never came to that point. Now, as we think about the father heart of God and how these brothers responded, let's reflect a little on the older brother. The older brother had some root beliefs. And he is speaking primarily, Jesus is speaking primarily to the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, who are the older brothers. Because they muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. They couldn't grasp that. How did the older brother in this parable think? How do older brothers today think? I lived a good life. I should get a good life. I've lived a good life. I should get a good life. Look at verse 29. 
But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you, and you never, or never disobeyed your orders, yet you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. I've lived a good life. I've slaved for you. I should get a good life. Why didn't I? Obey to get from God. Older brothers don't obey to get God himself or to resemble him or to love him or to know him or to value him or to delight him but to get him what he gives. So religious and moral people can be avoiding Jesus as Lord and Savior as much as the younger brother who said or would say they don't believe in God. Moral older brothers can avoid God with their good behavior because they obey to get what God gives, not God. They're not interested in God himself and delighting him and valuing him. The older brother, his true heart comes out. He wasn't obeying because he wanted the father and a relationship with the father. He was obeying to get. Another root belief of older brothers, the older brother here, was that goodness pays off. All these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. If it doesn't pay, then there's confusion and rage. Moral obedience is result-oriented. How many times has someone who have loved God and think they're loving God and obeying God and living for God, they come to a difficulty in life and God doesn't fix them and they say, God, why me? And they get angry at God because they're pursuing God. The good life pays off. They're not pursuing God for who he is, but for what he does. That's the older brother. So trouble comes and the older brother says, did I do something wrong that I'm having this problem? Don't I obey you, God? Why do I have struggles? See, that's an older brother mentality. There's some general attitudes that the older brother displayed. He had a strong sense of superiority. Verse 30, but when this son of yours, I can almost hear him say, but when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. There's bitterness, anger flowing out of him. Dad, I wouldn't even think of doing that. A strong sense of superiority based on self-image, on being hardworking, being moral, attending services, being smart, a member of the elite clan. You know, it's like walking down the skid road of Wooksbury and seeing some drunks laying there and seeing prostitutes trying to get some men and thinking, boy, I'm glad I'm not like that. I'm much better than they are. 
I would never do that. All these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me the fatted calf. The son of yours has squandered your property. It's interesting he says, the son of yours, he doesn't say my brother. I would never do that. Do we see ourselves as having the potential for sinning? There's some well-known pastors and preachers over the years that have fallen into sin. Jimmy Baker, Jimmy Swaggart, and there have been others along the way. Uh, I've read of numerous pastors who have fallen. And if this thought goes through my mind, I'm in trouble, I would never do that. I have the elder brother mindset. We're all part of humanity that is prone to sin. Beloved, it's only by the grace of God that you're not into some sin that others may be in. The older brother also has apathy towards God hidden deep within and beneath layers of self-control and moral behavior. All these years I've been slaving for you, never disobeyed your orders, yet you've never given me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. An apathy towards God. He wasn't loving God. He wasn't loving his father. He wasn't delighting in his father. He wasn't saying, I want a relationship with my father. There was an apathy towards dad, and that apathy comes out in anger at this point in time. This comes to the surface when a younger brother repents and can no longer feel superior. Thus, anger. Difficult to impossible to admit wrong, defend self. It's so interesting. In verse 29, but he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you. I've never disobeyed. Yet you've never given me a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. He doesn't say, Dad, I have a hard heart just like my brother does. I've been slaving for you to get what you give, not for you. He doesn't admit that. It was difficult. Impossible, if you please, at this point in time to even admit wrong. Rather, he defends himself. Think about older brothers today. They rarely stop to ask, what have I done wrong? What do I need to change? An older brother in our culture today is a husband and a father who rarely, if ever, admits to his family that he has done wrong and asks for forgiveness. Because he has his act together. It's like a leader who never admits to even being tempted to do wrong or to even admit to a struggle. Some other characteristics of the older brother or older brothers. Lack of assurance of the father's love. The older brother didn't know that his dad loved him. 
He didn't grasp that. Because if he recognized that his father loved him and cared for him, he would not have defended himself. He rather would have come with a brokenness and come into the feast. Because he would have recognized that his father's heart pursues the younger brother, but his heart also pursues older brothers. The older brother, criticism from others devastates him. Older brothers tend to require approval from others to be valued. Now, this is not in the Bible, okay? This is an account of maybe something that could have happened to illustrate a point. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, I'd like you to carry a stone for me. He didn't give any explanation, so the disciples looked around for a stone to carry, and Peter, being practical sort, sought out the smallest stone he could possibly find. After all, Jesus didn't give any regulations for weight and size. So he put it in his pocket. Jesus said, follow me. He led them on a journey. About noontime, Jesus had everyone sit down. He waved his hand, and the stones turned to bread. He said, now it's time for lunch. In a few seconds, Peter's lunch was over. When lunch was done, Jesus told them to stand up. He said again, I'd like you to carry a stone for me. This time Peter says, ah, now I get it. So he looked around and saw a small boulder. He hoisted it on his back and it was painful. It made him swagger, or stagger rather, but he said, I can't wait for supper. Jesus said, follow me. He led them on a journey with Peter barely being able to keep up. Around supper time, Jesus led them to the side of a river. He said, now everyone throw your stones into the water. They did. Then he said, follow me. And he began to walk. Peter and the others looked at him dumbfounded. Jesus sighed and said, don't you remember what I asked you to do? Who were you carrying the stone for? How many times do older brothers Try to use God rather than enjoy God. Sad. They do wrong and the conscience may bother them. They have a dry prayer life. The good life is lived not for God, but to use him. But dad, I've obeyed you all these years. So let's suppose that the disease that I have, which basically affects me, but not dramatically right now, were to become very active. And I could not really even take a few steps without hurting very, very badly. And it began to affect my eyes, which it can do. And I could not see properly, and I go to the eye doctor, and he says, there's nothing I can do. And it affects my lungs, and I'm struggling breathing, and can't even go up several steps without huffing, which was true years ago. 
And then I go to another doctor, and he says, uh, it's also affecting your liver. And I say, God, this isn't fair. And God says, do you want me or what I give? See, older brothers, don't delight in God. They delight in what he gives. There's a joyless, fear-based compliance. All these years I've been serving you. Ultimately, elder brothers live good lives out of fear, not out of joy and satisfaction. There's anger and bitterness when life doesn't go as planned. Lord, I was going to retire when I was 60 and that didn't happen I'm now 70 and I'm still working and for 8 years I've been bitter at you are you following God or what he can do frustration itself because you fall short of your own standard can't allow yourself the freedom to fail see the older brother never admitted that he was wrong He never admitted and said, Dad, I repent. Never admitted and said, I've served you for the wrong reasons. He just kept going in the wrong way. See, older brothers are fearful of others knowing them, the real me. There's no freedom to fail. Get defensive when others point out wrongdoing. Who needs to hear this parable? Younger brothers. Those who have wasted their lives in sin, have squandered their wealth. The father says, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sand on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Who needs to hear it? Younger brothers. The younger brothers of the world need to hear that God has a compassion for them and wants them to come to him. In post-war Vietnam, the story gives an account of a young driver who rode a bicycle rickshaw and a beautiful prostitute Both had deep, unfulfilled desires. The one who took people around on their bicycle or rickshaw was in love with the prostitute. But she was out of his price range. The prostitute lived in grinding poverty, longing to live in the beautiful world of the hotels in whose shadow she worked and in which she never spent the nights. She hoped that the money she would make by prostitution would give her the means of escape, but instead her her work brutalized her and enslaved her. Then the young guy who had the bicycle rickshaw entered a contest and he won a large sum of money. He goes to the hotel He pays for the night in the hotel and pays for the fee for the prostitute. 
Then to everyone's shock, he tells her that he just wants to watch her fall asleep. Instead of using the power of his wealth to have sex with her, he spends it to purchase a place for her for one night in a normal world to fulfill her desire to belong. The prostitute finds such grace deeply disturbing at first, thinking that he has done something to control her. When it becomes apparent that he is using his power to serve her rather than use her, it begins to transform her, making it impossible for her to return to her life of prostitution. Jesus Christ, who has all the power in the world, saw us enslaved by the very things we thought would free us. So he emptied himself of his glory and became a servant, Philippians 2. He laid aside his power, the majesty of being with his father, and at the cost of his life paid the debt for our sins, purchasing for us the only place that our hearts can find rest. Younger brothers need to hear that. but so do older brothers who have served God for years and are belonging to local churches and are doing everything right. They cross the T, they dot the I. But their thinking is, God owes me. Oh, they may not express it in that way, but when it comes down to the bottom line, God owes me. I would ask you, do you see the heart of God? Do you see the heart of the Father? Do you see the heart of Christ who reaches out to that younger brother with compassion, the younger brother repentant and invites him back? Do you see the heart of God, the heart of Christ? Are we reaching out to the younger brothers of our world? Do you see the heart of the father? Here's an older son who has worked for him for years, apparently for the wrong reason, year after year, and finally his heart comes out, and he says, Dad, all these years I've been serving you, slaving for you, and never disobeyed your orders, but yet you never even gave me a young goat to celebrate with my friends. But this son of yours who has squandered his living with prostitutes comes home and you kill the fatted calf for him. And the father says, my son, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Do you see the father's heart of reaching out to the older brother who is hard, who has been hard for years? Do we reach out to the older brothers in our world? And I find it interesting that the father says, everything I have is yours. The wealth that the father had left really belonged to the older son. But the older son would have had to make a choice to say, yes, dad. 
I come into the feast. I'm willing for the inheritance that is remaining for a third of that now to go to my younger brother. Do we reach out to those types of individuals? Do we see the heart of the Father? Are we being father-like? Are we reaching out to the younger brother, the older brother? And if we're older brother-like, are we willing to be repentant and enjoy God and God alone? Where are you? How has the Lord spoken to you? You say, okay, Lord, you spoke. I'll respond. Let's pray together.